opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Communications, staff, management, or advertisers. Activist Radio is on the air. You've tuned into the Mark Harrington Show. Sponsored by Created Equal. Time is running out for our nation. I beg of you, you need to stand against the evil that's plaguing our nation. If you don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. Like you kill a baby fetus, the same thing as killing any old inanimate object. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders. people it's your movement now it's not your parents anymore the blood that is shed cries out to god from the ground for justice and now here's mark so the question on the table today is do pro-abortion advocates really want to debate pro-lifers you're listening to the Mark Harrington Show. You can find out more about the radio program by going to markharrington.org. And also, I am the president of Created Equal. You can find out more about our ministry there at createdequal.org. So last Friday, uh, Created Equal Seth Dreher, who's here with me in studio, debated a pro-abortion advocate. Her name was Erin Fogg. And for the first time, they met in a formal debate uh, I guess we could call it that. At least it was meant to be at, at the beginning. Uh, but it lasted about a half hour. And anyway, what we want to do, there's a lot of good fodder here, folks. You want to stay tuned because uh, Aaron's got some good arguments, or at least from her perspective, she thought she did, uh, in that short half hour time before she stormed off the stage. Uh, and we'll get to that in a minute. So what we wanted to do here is talk a little bit about the debate, that is the debate that took place last Friday night. Uh, it was streamed over these social media platforms. And if you watched the debate, you saw it live. But for those who didn't, we're gonna do a little recap here. We're gonna go through some of Aaron's arguments as they were, and then just talk about the debate generally with pro-abortion advocates. Where do we stand in all of this? I mean. Uh, is she indicative of who we see out on college campuses and elsewhere when we debate abortion? Is this the new normal where they're unwilling to debate? They just want to grandstand and, and toss out platitudes left and right, but aren't really serious debaters. And then I wanted to talk a little bit about just the, what's been happening with Black Lives Matter and um, some of my thoughts there. And I wanted to get Seth's perspective on that as well. So Seth, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here, of course, as always. All right. So let's do this. Uh, last Friday night, you debated Aaron Fogg and she was in a fog. I know. That. Well, I that, was in a fog, honestly. In the middle, <laughs> I was confused. You were a little bit, you weren't in a fog. You were. It, she took you by surprise took a little by bit. Surprise, right. I mean, I, we weren't certain that Aaron was even going to be able to debate because she was in jail like a week prior for uh, being involved in some of the protests regarding Black Lives Matter. So she is a big time Black Lives Matter uh, leader in Fort Wayne, probably the main one, I think, a for, what I, for what I, for central figure. So we knew what we were dealing with here. Uh, wasn't certain whether she was going to be a real debate. In other words, was she really gonna take it seriously? Was she really gonna have the arguments or not? But we were happy to have the debate. And, um, and of course, you know, unfortunately she walked off, but 
she did provide us uh, insight into, you know, what pro-abortion advocates believe. And so what we want to do here, we're going to go through a couple of these clips and I'll play them for our audience. And then I'm going to get Seth to respond to them. Now, of course, he responded to them uh, during the debate, but this might give him a little extra time to do a uh, little, do it a little more justice. So the first one we could put in the category of bodily autonomy, the broad mm -hmm. category of bodily autonomy. And so if you would, Mr. Producer, go ahead and cue that one up. Uh, this is when, um, well, some, some people thought she was threatening you. I didn't take it that way, but go ahead and play that clip. So I'd like to ask for the remainder of this time, if I could put my fist inside your mouth for just like what, two minutes, right? I don't, I don't understand what that would prove. Well, if a woman becomes pregnant and does not want to be pregnant, she has to have a whole entire person inside her body against her will, correct? If the unborn is a person- Are you saying- Go ahead and stop it there. So, you know, my, we were sitting around and watching this in my uh, family room and my wife and my son both thought this was a, you know, a physical threat towards you. I don't believe that was the case. I don't think she was doing that. She was trying to make the point that well, she put her fist in your mouth that she would, would you have the right to, you know, take it out, dismember it, whatever. So I, I think we could say that this falls under the category of bodily autonomy. How would you answer that? If someone were, as she say, she put her fist in your mouth. I mean, she's, she's obviously trying to make the point that women don't consent to having the baby inside their bodies and therefore they have the right to remove it in, in the case of abortion. Right, I think that what's most important here before we answer that is what Erin did, what I found so pivotal here is she's comparing the baby to someone's putting their fist in your mouth. So she's not comparing mm -hmm. the baby like your intro to an inanimate object. She knows the baby's human. She even conceded in she the did. debate. I agree the baby's a human. To her credit, human. actually. Yeah, to her credit. I mean, certainly. up front, she said she thought the baby was a human. Yeah called them pre-born yeah. babies. I mean, she conceded the idea that they are human from the start, which is very interesting because that's part of the crux of our old debate. But no doubt. But so this issue of bodily autonomy, take a few minutes and just kind of. Yeah. So that. there's a couple of problems here. We agree. Everyone should agree that we have a right to some bodily autonomy. Right. But we all know mm -hmm. it's limited. Right. We have a right to swing our arm, but the right to swing our arm ends when we hit someone in the face. So you have a right to your body, but not to harm someone else. But Aaron's point here is that the baby is inside a woman using her body. These are accurate statements. The question is, does the baby have a right to do that? Aaron mm -hmm. would say no. Here's the problem. Someone putting their fist in your mouth, they're forcing themselves into your body. When a baby's right. created, she's been placed there by an act of consensual sex. Right. She doesn't put herself there. You put her there through sex. Right. So that'd be like me saying, you know, put your hand in my mouth, inviting you in akin to that, a little more like that. But clearly, so that's the problem. She's making a false comparison. But even if she were right, if the baby has no right to the mother's body, something I argue, I argue the baby does have a right to use the mother's body. Even mm -hmm. so, abortion is not merely pulling the baby out. Right. Abortion starving and suffocating, decapitating, dismembering, intentionally killing the child. That we clearly have no right to do. Right. So obviously that, that begs the question about rape. Yeah. In, in the case of rape, a woman is not consenting to sex and may get pregnant. How do you answer that one? So the question is what, when we're in an unjust situation, rape, I have no idea what a woman has gone through when she's been violated. And we want to be clear, we oppose injustice. 
So we oppose the injustice of the crime of rape, and that man should be prosecuted. We all agree to that, right? But so when a woman has been violated, are all things justifiable in response? I would say no. And then she should not be forced to continue the custodial act, if you will, of motherhood. She may certainly pass that on to someone else, choose not to remain the mother. But even though she did not choose to have this child there, that does not mean that unjust killing is justifiable in this situation. So imagine, I like to say, imagine, you know, you find a baby on your porch. That's not your child. You didn't want the child there. You're in an unjust situation where you have this person in your purview now that you don't want there. You can certainly call Child Protective Services, choose adoption, or you can keep the baby if you want to, but you should not shoot that child, even though you didn't want the child there. And the same with rape. This is an unjust situation, but that does not mean the mother should kill the child because someone placed this child in her life. So we're not saying it's simple, it's easy, but all we're saying is that unjust Active, active killing is not justifiable in the situation of rape. Right. Well, of course, if the unborn are human, which right. he consented right. to, yeah. then obviously abortion's a moral wrong. All right. Well, we're going to go on to the second clip here. Uh, Aaron Fogg, again, this is the debate last Friday night. And she talks about uh, how she does not believe that consenting to sex is consenting to pregnancy. Go ahead and play that clip. The whole entire person inside your body. Now, I, I don't understand. Are you asserting that I cannot do that? When you consent to sex, do you consent to have sex the next day too? Or do you only consent to that sexual act in that moment and you can revoke consent at any time? At any time, if someone is touching your body, you can revoke consent. And I hope you do if someone makes you feel uncomfortable, if someone is penetrating your body against your will, you can revoke that consent. I would agree. All right. So I guess the question then is consenting to sex, consenting to pregnancy. That Her point mm -hmm. is that it's not your argument is what? If it is. Uh, we, we all agree. I think that when you, you choose your actions, not your consequences. You know, there's this mm -hmm. old illustration that a lot of our friends use, Francis Beck with Scott Klusendorf. If you're playing baseball and the ball flies across your neighbor, across your lawn and hits your neighbor's window. He says, pay for my window. Right. You can't say, you know, I consented to baseball not to break in your window. You chose that action. You deal with the Point. consequences. Radical feminism. Even radical feminism demands this, I believe, because if a man has sex with a woman, she's pregnant. He should not say, hey, I consented to sex, not to the baby. We demand he pay child support, right? So we recognize that when you engage in the action, you then must deal with the consequences in a healthy way. All right. You're listening to your radio activist on the Mark Harrington Show. Go to markharrington.org. I'm talking with Seth Dreher, my colleague here at Created Equal, and we are recapping the debate from last Friday night with Aaron Fogg, who is a pro-abortion advocate and a Black Lives Matter leader in Fort Wayne. Uh, she obviously used this opportunity for a grandstanding or a platform for Black Lives Matter. I mean, that's obviously her issue. Uh, and she talked about racism, poverty, and war, and how we had to solve those first. So cue up that next clip, if you would, uh, Mr. Producer. And um, this was, you know, this was really her big, big issue, right? I mean, she got up there and made the case that basically everybody in the building has to take care of these things before we can deal with the unborn. So go ahead and play that clip. So if you want to stop abortion, you know, you seem very, very concerned about black women having abortions, but not particularly concerned about the massive poverty gap. Why is it that black families have so little money when white families have so, so much? 
Why is it our maternal health care is so much superior? Why are these things? You want to stop abortion, you stop racism first. There you go. I mean, we hear this all the time. What about this? What, uh, what about this? What about that? What about that? What are you doing about this? If, you, if you're not going to do something about that, you shouldn't be doing this. I mean, that is really number one play out of their playbook. And uh, she made a big point out of that. So is, you know, if, if, if let's just say for argument's sake, which I don't think is true, if we don't deal with racism, we don't deal with poverty, we don't deal with war, can we defend the unborn? Absolutely, we can. I think that Aaron was making a big mistake here, and that's the two wrongs make a right fallacy, right? She's mm -hmm. saying, okay, that may be a problem abortion, but what about this over here? We have two wrongs, so either she's distracting or saying two wrongs make a right. I'm not sure, but it's just a, a massive confusion. I mean, I am glad that people are talking about racism. That's very important, right? The yeah. debate was on the topic of abortion, and so we were there gathered to discuss that. She just did not want to do that. And even to skip the, there, there are massive issues with race related to abortion, which I addressed in my opening statement. Mm -hmm. The fact that every day 661 black babies are aborted is huge. Right. There's a lot to discuss there, but she just ignored it all. So I think the question is, is abortion right or wrong? She didn't want to discuss that. She wanted to distract from it. So yes, we should have conversations about those other issues. But that night, the conversation was abortion. She was trying to de deflect. So do we have to deal with racism, war, poverty before we can deal with abortion? Well, it's just, I mean, right. It's just a bird we lay on on the pro-life movement. We don't lay on anyone else. Right. We don't look <laughs> at um, other movements to say, OK, the um, I don't know, Corey Ten Boom saving Jews. Well, Corey, were you taking care of poverty then at the time in Holland? We don't say right. that. Right. We recognize she identified an injustice and was fighting it. We don't look at the American Heart Society and say, what are you doing for cancer? They're taking mm -hmm. on a certain mission. Mm -hmm. We have very thin resources we're trying to use well. And so it would be actually to our discredit if we took on every issue. We couldn't do anything very well. So I think we're laying a burden on the pro-life movement. We would never lay on anyone else. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, we talk about single issue mm -hmm. voters. We talk about is abortion in and of itself a grave enough evil to do, you know, to fight against by itself. There is a move within our movement, what we call whole life. Right. It's kind of like the seamless garment, uh, you know, viewpoint that years and years ago, that's kind of making its way back into the pro-life movement. How do you handle that one, Seth? Because we get a lot of that from other people that we need to have this position as pro-lifers, pro-life is more than anti-abortion. Well, I think that there's something to that, the sense that pro-life is kind of, it's it's helpful, but it's not the best um, phrase, right? Because it doesn't identify the life. We're not pro, all, I mean, we are, we are in support, I suppose, of all life, but our concern is about an injustice. We have to define that injustice. And I think your views on capital punishment, other issues, we may disagree, but I think we all of us should agree to one central thing, whether it be death row or other issues, when you intentionally kill an innocent human, mm -hmm. that is always wrong. Mm -hmm. What is the greatest issue of killing innocent humans today? Clearly abortion. So I think we should have charity around the table for those who disagree on other seamless garment issues or other issues like that. But we should be united against this thing of intentionally killing innocent humans. If we spread ourselves thin, we won't get anywhere with it. Well, and you just look at the scale. I mean, the scale of the injustice itself, when we talk about 60 million dead since 1973, 2,600 uh, 2, a day, these are dead people. This mm -hmm. isn't just mm -hmm. hatred. 
This isn't poverty, people not even having a food, hunger. We're talking about people being exterminated, right. systematically exterminated by abortion, by killing every single day. And it rises above. I mean, those are big issues. Don't get me wrong. But I would say if we don't get that one right, we won't get the other ones right either. Sure. I think that's exactly right. And so when we say single issue, I think it's really a central issue, right? Your view on intentionally killing innocent humans to the order of 800,000 over 800,000 every day, that informs your moral compass. Mm -hmm. If you don't get that right, how can we trust you on other issues? Exactly. And that's why I say on the Democrat Party, I mean, you can't get everything else right and abortion wrong. You can't vote Democrat. I've, I've held that view for a very long time. All right. So this is the last clip. And this is where uh, she storms off the stage and uh, gives her little uh, thing at the end here and just walks out of the building. So go ahead and play that clip. I know that you are all here to learn how to debate liberals and communists and Satanists. <laughs> but I think I've said my piece. And I think the value of continuing this is zero. So I will leave you with this. If you truly believe in human equality, you will think about the people who actually get pregnant, who actually give birth. And be very, very mindful that if you are forcing them to do either of those things against their will, because consenting to sex is not consenting to AIDS. It is not consenting to pregnancy. It is consenting to sex in that moment only. So good night and God bless you all. <laughs> and there she goes. <laughs> Rocking right off the stage. She left the building. <laughs> she left the building. Uh, wow, what a, what a moment. Uh, who would have thunk? <laughs> you know. Uh, a two and a half hour debate. She spent about a half hour grandstanding on Black Lives Matter. And I mean, she did make her case about bodily autonomy and all that, but uh, not really much of a debate. I was sitting there thinking to myself, first of all, I was thinking about you. I was thinking, man, you must be really disappointed because you are armed to bear, baby. <laughs> I was ready to go. <laughs> you know, we'll have to work on that. We'll have to get a real debater next time. But what went through your mind on that? I'm sure it was awkward, obviously, but you you transitioned quite nicely and and took it on. But I would have, uh, I don't know, I, I I'm glad I wasn't in that position. Honestly, I thought I'm on a college campus right now. This is not at all unlike what exactly. we experience every day. Yeah. Someone makes assertions and walks away. They yeah. say something they don't want to stay and engage, but. We assume in a formal debate setting, we have certain rules of moderation. Right. We've agreed to certain terms. She had the format months ago. We assume certain things. I think this is indicative. I fear mm -hmm. that what we see on college campuses is creeping upward now into the higher echelons of society. And that's very troubling to me. It is. It's funny that she said that everybody in the audience was being trained to debate communists and Satanists. I'm not sure that was the no, reason, that reason we were there. I mean, no. She obviously felt that was the case, but... But you're right. Uh, you know, just in the last year, we've seen this shift. I mean, with the whole Black Lives Matter and the priority and the protesting all across America. Uh, and you and I have talked about this. And I, you know, for me, I think the, you know, obviously racial injustice, racial inequality has to be dealt with. And I pray that it does and does it, it's done in the right way. Uh, unfortunately, I don't see that happening that often, you know, pulling down statues, all this kind of thing. I'm not sure that's all going to be helpful. But we need to be dealing with it as a country. There's no question about that. And I, for one, am re-examining how I view things, and I think all of us should. But Aaron really represented something to me, as you say, like on a college campus. Uh, this Black Lives Matter, and I'm, now let me separate the organization and the movement 
from the viewpoint that Black Lives Matter. We all right. know and we all agree. Let's just set that aside that Black Lives Matter. Of course, they do. All lives matter. But the movement itself, to me, presents an entirely different and a, and a very challenging thing for us as an organization, because we are going to be dealing with this in spades this uh, this fall. No doubt about it. I see Black Lives Matter, the organization, OK, different from the, the, the position as almost like a Trojan horse in which the pro-abortion movement is locking arms with. Uh, a coalition, if you will. It's part of their agenda, reproductive justice. And they are riding this Trojan horse in to uh, take down uh, the pro-life movement and to advance uh, abortion. Uh, and they are willing to make alliances. There's no question. Um, and that's, to me, very troubling. I mean, it's very difficult for us because Black Lives Matter has, has made so much uh, advance. It's advanced so much just in the last several months alone, uh, that you can understand why they would hitch their wagon to that. Uh, it, it really is a, a challenge for us here because we understand it's not just about abortion now because now they've they tied themselves to all these other intersectional issues mm -hmm. like LGBT and all the rest. How do you see it, Seth? Because I'm, you know, we are always trying to adjust the culture uh, we are training in worldview, make sure that our people understand what's going around so we can argue the rest best way. I see this as a very strong challenge. Oh, I, I absolutely do as well, because like you said, they're making allies, but allies um, who don't necessarily agree with them on all their issues, but who are trying to fight this certain power structure. But I, there's an opportunity here as well, mm -hmm. I think, and that yeah. is that there are at least conversations happening about injustice. So now we need to define right. what is injustice, what is justice? How do we know what justice is? So if we're artful, I think we can try to enter that conversation. The real problem will be if they're willing to engage. What we saw yeah. last Friday was a concern, right? Yeah. But the good news is there are still fence sitters listening, watching who recognize, well, that wasn't right. But even after we're looking at Aaron's Facebook timeline, I saw one man saying, I agree with your positions. I'm on board with you. But watching this, if I didn't already agree, I would have been pushed to the other side, seeing the way you responded. So while I'm concerned like you, I'm not pessimistic because I think that there are other cultural forces, fence sitters who are still watching and we can still activate them, change their minds. I would love to change Aaron's heart and mind. I don't know if that's up to me to do that, right? right. I pray that will happen. But in the meantime, we can reach the other people who are not yet online with that, who are still open-minded. Right. And I think what we reflexively will just say, well, Black Lives Matter, but all lives matter. Preborn lives matter. I'm not sure that going to make the case. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going to make the case there. Now, obviously, Planned Parenthood is racist. We understand that African-Americans are killed disproportionately by abortion. Those case, That needs to be made. That, that clearly needs to be made. But I, like you, I think it does offer an opportunity because there was common ground with Aaron, believe it or not. Clearly common ground. She cares. She cares about racial justice. She gave, you know, she seeded our point on abortion <laughs> that the preborn were human. Uh, I see that as an opening. It's going to be tough, though, because a lot of them have been given license to behave like her or even worse. And we are concerned about the, you know, threats of violence, vandalism, all that's happened. People are given license to disagree and be disagreeable. And we're concerned about that here at Created Equal and are preparing for that as we gear up for the fall campaign. So I'm here with Seth Dreher, my colleague here at Created Equal, talking about the debate. Seth, if you would, we got about a minute left. I kind of want to wrap this up. 
your your thoughts, your parting thoughts from the debate, how you, you know, now that a week has passed, I'm sure you've given it a lot of time to think about and reflect. Uh, what are your thoughts as we uh, as we close up the program? Well, my thoughts are kind of the same with Create Equal. We all, our vision always has been when things go differently than we expect, we have to do more. We don't back off. It's okay. No debate now. We, we should say, hey, this is a good sign. The pro-choice movement is in retreat. Yeah. They're afraid to stay and make their case. So all of us everywhere, our mission is to equip anyone anywhere to defend, defend the babies. And this is one sign that you can do that. Anyone can do that. Our opposition is running scared. They don't yeah. know how to defend their view. We should be on it every day. Amen. And if you want to get be part of Created Equal, go to createdequal.org. Uh, we have uh, lots of plans for the end of the summer. We'll be going to the DNC, that is the Democrat National Convention, uh, hopefully doing some things at the Republican National Convention. That is if they even happen now with COVID, uh, but we're going to do what we can. We've also got some things planned for the, the fall campaign as we go back out on college campuses, assuming those are going to open right. again. <laughs> I mean, our work continues regardless, and we will be confronting the culture of death and those the worldview that promotes it and that's what we do here at created equal so if you want to be part of that go to createdequal.org that's createdequal.org and thank you seth for standing uh up uh, for the pre-born in such a very open and profound way and i think when all said and done it was a good night for the pro-life position so we'll see you next time god bless you god bless america and remember america to bless god You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to the Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.